Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. We're coming in hot. And we're coming in hot not because we're angry. Not that 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 kind of hot. We're not seeing red today. It's not a red polo day. But we're coming in hot because we got a lot of guests coming up on the show, man. We're very busy today. Very excited about today's uh, edition of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 as the Raiders have officially turned the, the corner from the bye week and now focus their attention 100% on the Houston Texans who come to town on Sunday. Uh, been a very busy day already. It's going to be a, a very busy afternoon for the next three hours. And, of course, it's going to be very busy on into the evening. And that's okay. We would have it no other way. So very excited about this afternoon's uh, uh, show. Got a couple of good guests coming up. Ed Graney from ESPN Los Vegas, our sister station. He'll join us at 2.30. He was off on Monday as he was getting a little bit of extra R&R for the bye week. So uh, we gave we gave Granny Monday off, but he's back with us today. So he'll join us at 2.30, talk about the Raiders, what his expectations are for them coming out of the bye week, you know, dealing with the Nate Hobbs injury. Obviously, he's going to be out for four weeks, how the Raiders can make up for that, you know, and what these guys need to do offensively and defensively. And let's make no mistake about it. I know a lot of people are kind of getting uh, in their feelings about, uh, well, we're not talking about the defense enough, not talking about the defense enough. Oh, please believe. There's plenty of defensive talk coming, and we talk about the defense as well. I've been talking about the struggles of the team in general. When you're one and four, I don't look at it as just an offensive side of the ball's issue or a defensive side of the ball. I look at it as it's a team issue. But make no mistake about it, the defense has plenty of faults, and uh, we are definitely going to address that. And so when we talk to Ed, we'll uh, be pretty specific when it comes to the defense. Now, you can't help but to talk about the offense when you got weapons like Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and we talked about how exciting that was going to be all you know, training camp, all preseason, leading up to the regular season. We talked about how great the offense was going to be. You can't help but to talk about them as well. But please believe uh, the defense, especially today, since uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham was made available to the media today for the first time since uh, the, the week, actually not even last week, because they, he wasn't made available in the bye week. He was available right before the Kansas City Chiefs game. So it's been a while since we got a chance to talk to Patrick Graham. I'm normally not able to go there. And talk to the coordinators on Tuesdays because normally I have a regularly scheduled meeting. But thankfully, our company and I know this is taking it way beyond the the you know way behind the curtain that I probably don't have to go. But our company has a lot of um, you know big time names from the company, like big time folks in town uh, this week. So uh, yeah, so my meeting with uh, my boss actually got canceled for this week. So it allowed me to have the opportunity to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center a little earlier this afternoon and talk to both offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi and defense coordinator Patrick Graham. So you'll hear from him, uh, Patrick Graham, that is, as, as well on today's show. So, uh, yeah, just kind of, like I said, taking you behind the curtain a little bit. But Ed Grandy will join us at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. Our normal Tuesday guest at 3 o'clock is John McClain from GallerySports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Of course, he's been covering the Texans, and before that he was covering the Oilers, and he's been covering the NFL for a, like a glove for many, many years. He's a Hall of Fame voter, Hall of Fame writer, just fantastic coverage, and we are so blessed to have John McClain on the show each and every week. He'll start to give us a preview of the Houston Texans, what to expect from uh, Houston as they come into town on Sunday. And 
I can tell you right now, Damian Pierce is what you can expect. Damian Pierce is a dog, right? That running back for the Texans, the rookie running back, he is a hell of a player. He is a guy that the Raiders defense is going to have to 100% be focused in on to be able to slow him down because as as he goes, the Houston Texans go. Now, I look at them as a team that the Raiders definitely should win on Sunday, but just because you should win don't mean you will win. You got to go in there and you got to execute. And you can't go in with that mindset of, oh, this is a, not a very good team. We're going to run all over them. So we'll talk to John McClain about the Texans coming up at three. We'll also talk to him about the NFL in general. The owners' meetings are going on right now. And I don't know if you saw this, DeMond, but Jim Irsay, who's the Colts owner, actually said publicly that, yeah, they need to remove Daniel Snyder from ownership. Like he, on record, he's on video saying that. So if you don't think that that's going to get the ball rolling, Boy, oh, boy, there's going to be a lot of conversation now, now that uh, Jim Irsay uh, went out there and had the stones to say that on the record and, and be on video saying that. So it's, it's, I guarantee you Twitter is, is on fire right now with everything about Jim Irsay, what he had to say about Daniel Snyder. He also said that he doesn't think that they can get the, the votes right now. Like today is tough to get the votes right now to get them out. But at the same time, uh, sooner rather than later, they need to remove him from his ownership. That's, that's massive, man, when you have another owner saying that, yeah, it's time to get that dude out of there, right? <laughs> you, you, you say that, hey, man, <laughs> old boy's got to go. That's, that's, that's a pretty big statement right there, Damon. Exactly, because I felt like the reason that owners have been hesitant is because if you live in a glass house, you shouldn't throw stones. Right. And this is an owner who... And we know Ursay is definitely in a glass house, brother. (laughs) Exactly, but for him to come out there and say it, at least he's putting his name on it. But also, I'm looking at him like, hey, be careful, man. Well, you know, it's funny. I saw someone on Twitter say, I think he realizes there's enough dirt on him out in the public already, so it don't really matter. Because he's got, I mean, we know, like you said, we already know about the dirt that Ursay has got to him, so maybe he's already like, screw it. (laughs) <laughs> He's one. My closet's clean, right? My closet's clean because it has to be now because I, everything I've done is out of the closet. So maybe that's the case. I don't know. But we'll talk to John McClain coming up at three o'clock about the owners' meetings going on, uh, the whole situation in D.C. with Daniel Snyder and and the report that came out from ESPN last week as well, and of course the Houston Texans as we start to get our previews of next uh, this next team up on the schedule. Also, great timing. J.P. Finley is going to join the show from 106 The Fan in D.C. He's also from NBC Washington. He'll join the show at 3.30. And originally, Damon, I just had him scheduled to be on the show to talk about potential players that they may be looking to move, right? I've seen a lot of reports about William Jackson. He could be on the trade blocks. That's something that's probably going to get done sooner rather than later. And William Jackson is a cornerback that I was a big fan of coming out of the University of Houston. The Bengals ended up uh, drafting him the same year that the Raiders drafted Carl Joseph, number 14 overall. Cincinnati got him around like 24 something like that uh he he broke his sternum his rookie year so he didn't play but he's a good little player but now he's older right and there's reports that he's got a back injury right now I believe he's about 29 years old Washington got him as a free agent I don't even know what he'd be worth at this point right I don't even know how good he is at this point so you know I I saw that report about William Jackson and not that I'm saying that the Raiders need to go out and make a move for him don't get it twisted I'm not saying that at all I'm just wondering especially on the defensive side of things, if there's a player or two that J.P. thinks may get moved in D.C. Because they do. I think we'd all be crazy to say that they don't have some good players on defense, especially on that defensive line. They got some dudes. You know, they have multiple first-round picks along that defensive line they can get after the quarterback. So I'm interested to see if there's any players that J.P. thinks could be moved before the November 1st trade deadline. Of course, we'll ask him about Daniel Snyder as well. I'll have to ask him about Jim Irsay and what he had to say. I mean, so it's very convenient that J.P. is joining the show today at 3.30. Yesterday, uh, we had Sheena Quick on talking about the Panthers and who could be moved from them. So I'm going to do that. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. 
I mean, November 1st is the trade deadline. I'm going to look around the league and see teams that I think are struggling that may be ready to move on from some people. And if they got some talented guys, especially on defense, I'm going to reach out and try to get them on the show to talk about it because, again, I think that Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly and company are sitting in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and I think they're coming through everybody's roster. Like, hey, could this guy help? Could this guy help? Could this guy help? You know, or maybe the Raiders are looking to move a couple guys themselves. You know, of course, there's reports out from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that they've been trying to move Klee and Jonathan Abram for a while, and uh, I don't think that that should be a surprise. But also, I would say with as many injuries as the Raiders have right now, I don't know if they can afford to move any guys, right? I mean, neither one of those guys have their fifth-year option picked up, so they'll, they'll be a free agent at the end of the season anyway. So, I mean, for, to hear a report from Jeremy Fowler saying that, you know, they're, they're potentially on the move, I don't think that that should surprise anybody. But uh, I would actually, right now, with, the, like I said, the injury history and the injuries that are going on with the silver and black, I would be surprised if either one of those dudes gets moved. But I'm going to continue to look around the league and see what I can see and see who I can see and if there's anybody worth talking to and any players out there that could be potential fits with the Raiders. Coming up at 4 o'clock every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk to Lincoln Kennedy, the Raiders radio broadcast, former offensive lineman, multiple-time Pro Bowler. Actually got an opportunity earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center to talk with him and JT as we did the Raiders roundtable. It's out right now on Raiders YouTube. Don't go watch it until 5. <laughs> Don't go watch it till five. We got a good show here that we spent a lot of time trying to put together. That uh, you know, so you, you're here to enjoy the show till five. And then if you want to afterwards, go ahead and check out the Raiders uh, roundtable on YouTube. Also, if you just want to hear the audio edition of it, it will play right after Unnecessary Roughness right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So it's always a blessing to have an opportunity to catch up with JT and Lincoln. And last week it was JT and and Bucky Brooks. But either way, man, being in the studio there and just being able to talk some Raider football for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, you know. Promote the Raider Nation Radio 920 as well. It's always a good time. So uh, that's that's uh, on the horizon. Again, you can hear that coming up at 5 o'clock. But before that, Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 4 o'clock. Talk about, from a player's point of view, coming out of the, the bye week. We'll talk about, we'll spend a lot of time talking about the defense with Lincoln Kennedy, what he's been seeing from them. And one thing that has been pointed out to me, and I've been, uh, I've been noticing as well, is that the Raiders are really good. And I think the perfect example is with Travis Kelsey. The Raiders are really good between the 20s when it comes to, to defense, right, slowing teams down. And one of the big things that I was harping on all offseason long was the Raiders have got to find a way when you get to the red zone, when opposing teams get to the red zone, to make them settle for field goals a couple times. They don't have to do it all the time, obviously. You're not going to be 100% success rate with keeping teams out of the end zone. But just a few times, if you're able to do that just a few times, that's the difference between winning and losing games. Well, right now, teams are getting to the red zone, and it damn, looks like, it damn near looks like what it did when Gus Bradley was a defensive coordinator. They're converting touchdowns more times than not. That's something that they've got to eliminate. Vinny Bossignor actually asked Patrick Graham about that earlier today when we were at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, so you'll hear that as well. I talked about consistency with defense because they have, they have spurts, DeMond, where it's like, hey, they're really good. Arizona's a perfect example. They shut them out in the first half, and they couldn't stop me or you from scoring in the second half, right? I mean, it was just the tale of two halves. So the Raiders' defense, in my, my opinion, has got to find a way to get more consistent. Oh, like you said, 100%. And we can go with just about every game that's been on the schedule. You mentioned Arizona. Same thing with Tennessee. That first half, yeah. oh, man, the Titans looked unstoppable. The second half, man, the Titans, like Tannehill, probably ready to trade them after the game. But the, <laughs> right. but the Raiders just weren't able to close out the game. And it's got to be something. I know it's not as easy as we make it sound of, why can't you guys just fix it? But it's an issue that just needs to be addressed. 
Yeah, it does. So we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy. Of course, we'll talk all aspects of the team, but we'll have a defensive uh, heavy lean. We really will. Again, I have no problem addressing the big elephant in the room, which is the, what, 28th-ranked defense. That's not good enough. It's not. I mean, it's got to be somewhere around 15th. I know the offense is ranked around 6th or 7th, depending on what measure you're looking at. Uh, I'll say this. A lot of that is yards, and a lot of that is points, but it's not a lot of touchdowns either. That you know, Even though, hey, look, they're putting up enough points to win games. Don't Let's not – you know, <laughs> let's not shoot the messenger. They're putting up enough points to win, uh, to win games. They just, in my opinion, they've got to convert a few more times in the red zone as far as touchdowns go than field goals. But the defense has got to do their job. You know, we've talked so many times about complimentary football. There's not complimentary football going on right now. The defense hasn't held up their end of the bargain, and that's got to turn around. They've got 12 games to get that thing turned around, and they need to do it sooner rather than later, starting on Sunday against the Texans. So Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 4 o'clock. And then on Tuesdays, every single Tuesday, as a matter of fact, at 4.30, we have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award winner, and today is Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School. And Reed High School is what, DeMar? Let me see. Let me test your knowledge real quick. Reed High School is what? What is their mascot? Quick, quick, quick. What is their mascot? You got me, man. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, man. Are you serious? It's the easiest (laughs) one to guess. The Lions? No. It's not the Lions. It's not the Tigers. It's not the Bears. It's not Oh My. It's the Raiders, Big Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) The Reed Raiders, man. How did you not know that? You said the easiest one, and I was like, it oh, is the easiest be, one. We're all, Raider, we're all Raider Nation Radio. It's the easiest one. We talk Raiders all day. Don't expose me. I say Raiders. I say the name Raiders more than I say wife. <laughs> right? Do you realize that? <laughs> I was talking to someone at the facility today, and they said, Q, how was your bye week? And I said, well, I mean, you know, I didn't have a Raider game to watch, or I didn't have a Raider game to, you know, cover or be at or whatever like that. But, I mean, you know, it's business as usual. Still had the radio show and everything. And said, oh, how's, how's the life? I said, well, uh, you know, the family, they're hanging on by what the Raiders do, right? <laughs> like, if the Raiders only knew how they, how they really affect life for a lot of people. <laughs> you know, the Raiders lose a game and the wife's like, oh, damn. We know how this week's going to go. Well, all right. <laughs> and it's not bad because I'm not even one of those that overreacts and loses my mind anymore. I, I used to be that guy, but I'm not. But it's just so funny that, you know, the, the, the wife, the kids, they all know, like, oh, man, it's not going to be a fun week on the radio for uh, – for, for, for husband, so uh, yeah, okay, great. You know, so it's, it's pretty funny how a game and a team can navigate how the rest of your week is going to go. So it would have been a fantastic bye week if they had won that game against the Chiefs, man. It would have been rainbows and puppy dogs, and I might have had steak dinner a couple times this week. Instead, I just got the same old chicken, chicken and rice <laughs> with a side of beans. <laughs> you don't even want to treat yourself? No, nah, no, nah, it wasn't me. It was the wife was like, here you go. This is what you get, chicken, rice, and beans. <laughs> That's what happens sometimes, man. That's how it goes down. I didn't know the Raiders losing affected the meals you were going to be eating. Look, man, look, sometimes, you know, it just it, it, it inspires the wife to get a little creative, man, when they win and everyone's in a good mood and, you know, she's ready to celebrate. And when they lose, it's like, well, what time are we going to bed tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Doom and gloom, turn the lights off. No, it just, it, it's just it's funny. But that's, you know, that's the life of uh, – you know, that's the life of being uh, in this household. You know, everything goes how the show goes and how the podcast goes and, you know, how every day walk of life goes. And that's probably a problem that I have. I'll fix it one day. I don't know when, 
but I'll fix it someday. So there you go. That's the lineup that we have. As I said, it's going to be a very busy day today. Uh, Coach Garrett Hughes, Reed High School, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week recipient. Uh, as Reed picked up a big victory over their rival. Uh, that's a really good team. He'll join us at 4.30. We have Lincoln Kennedy at 4 o'clock, J.P. Finley from 106.7 The Fan in D.C. at 3.30, John McClain at 3, Ed Graney coming up in a few minutes at 2.30. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, before we get into any kind of sound from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, I want to go ahead and throw this topic out there because I do want your feedback. And the only thing I'll ask, Raider Nation, is when you call, I mean, you could text and say whatever you want to say because I could choose to read it or not, but when you call... Let's, let's try to be a little respectful. Like yesterday we had a call about Darren Waller and his personal life, and I'm not about that life. Man, I had people calling me all night last night saying, hey, man, that was, that was not a cool call. And it wasn't, man. It wasn't. So let's, let's keep people's personal lives out of it. Let's talk about what's going on on the field. But when it comes to any kind of reckless speculation about people's lives or start calling in and talking, you know, calling people names and stuff like that, that ain't, that ain't for this show, man. And, and this ain't for this station. It just makes us all sound like a bunch of clowns. So let's just go ahead and be a little bit respectful. Let's have good conversation, healthy conversation. And if you want to call in and, and say something and call people names, call me the name. That's fine. I'm okay. I can own that. You can say that I'm terrible. I should never have fallen in the street playing football against Vegas Jets and tear myself up. You can say that all day long. That's fine. I can get a good laugh about that. But let's try to be respectful to folks, especially when it comes to situations like Darren Waller and Max Crosby and, you know, things that they're doing off the field. But let's go ahead and jump into the subject that I had, again, focusing on the defense. With Nate Hobbs out, we know he's going to miss at least four weeks. Chandler Jones, he really hasn't stepped up to the, to the plate yet. We see him in spurts look pretty good the last couple weeks. Looks like he's getting a little bit better, uh, but it's just been spurts. It hasn't been consistently throughout the, the course of the game, and we know there's a lack of pressure up the gut. Matter of fact, there's a lack of pressure, period, on, on quarterbacks. Um, we know that Max Crosby's doing his best. There's pressures coming from Chandler Jones' side. They're just not sacks, and pressures are good. I know defensive coordinators want pressures as well, and it, it does affect the quarterback, so there's that, but especially up the gut, you're not seeing it. So with all that being said, how do you think this Raiders team can improve? What do you see that the Raiders can improve on? Like, what do they need to do? Who is a player that may be able to step up and help the Raiders improve? They're pretty good between the 20s, right? But the red zone, they've really been struggling and allowing a lot of touchdowns. So how can you see this Raiders team defensively? How do you see them improve? And, DeMond, I'd like to start with you. Uh, when you look at this Raiders defense, you know what they have and you know who they don't have. How do you see this thing getting turned around for Patrick Graham where he can make this, this defensive unit complement the offense? I know that this is going to be tough, especially with this team, and we know where they're lacking when it comes to personnel, but I think that the secondary needs to step up. Where I know How do they can, do that, though? How do they do that? It's got to be, I know it's not as easy as it sounds, but I need to see a team that's more aggressive when it comes to creating turnovers. Yeah. I need more than two interceptions that we have right now. You know, just like yeah. looking at the Raiders as a team, hey, you can't say, like, I know that it, they just got to come. You got to follow the strategy. Hey, do your job. Right. That's what this defense is preaching. And you just be in the right spot. But I think that this team needs to create some more turnovers. And I think that's going to come with the secondary. I know that Nate Hobbs is going to be out. But Trayvon Merrick, we talked about him a lot in the offseason. And going back to the Monday night game against Travis Kelsey, we talked about, hey, man, he he looks good against Darren Waller in these training camp reps. You know, he was looking good against Darren Waller. Where was that in the red zone against Travis Kelsey? At one point, Travis Kelsey looked at him and went two five thumbs down. 
Yeah, so he's he calling you out personally. Yeah. So I'm going to take it personally as just someone who's watching the game. If if the opposing team thinks that they can get over on you, that should be that challenge that you need to step up your game. And it's the it's the entire secondary. Hey, if you know Nate Hobbs, the best player in that secondary has got to be out. They need to be taking it upon themselves in those meeting rooms, getting ready for this week. I know that the Texans are going to be a more run-heavy team, but when it comes to creating opportunities for the defense – to get the Amik Robinson, have that scoop and score, have right. an interception. Yeah. Need more plays like that consistently. I like it. I like it. I really do. And, you know, uh, Meek Robinson, when Jerry Judy said he was too small, when he gave the motion that he was too small, he took that personally, right? He, he, he went with the last dance style, and he took it personal, and he came back, and he was firing on all cylinders, right? And he came up with the scuba score. Uh, he was tackling really hard. He was making the, you know, the Broncos struggle offensively. He was a factor in the game. He took that personally. You mentioned when Travis Kelsey said 2-5, thumbs down. That's when Trayvon Merrick needed to take that personally, right? I've been a guy that's had his back and said, I think that's going to be a really good player. I was, I was happy when the Raiders got him in round two, but now he's got to show, right? My guy P.E. in North Carolina always says it's time to show and prove. He's got to show what he's worth. He's got to show why he's going to be an X factor on this Raiders defense. Another guy that I think really needs to maybe even get more burn is Jerron Harmon. Right? He's shown what he can do. He's been in the right places at times. He's been able to get some tip balls. He came down with the interception. The only other interception that the Raiders have is with Deron Harmon. It's a Meek and Deron, and that's it. No one else has any interceptions. You know, there's, there's been a couple other plays here and there, but as far as the turnovers that you're looking for, they're very few and far in between. So, uh, yeah, that's something that needs to happen. I would love to see that back in, like Deron Harmon, Trayvon Merrick, both step up and, and play at a, at a higher level and really help create some more turnovers and get the ball back to the offense in good positions, like a short field, and let that Raiders offense really start going, start rolling. Not that they're not doing well, but just to really give them an opportunity to just strike quick and, and kind of put the, uh, their foot on opposing teams' necks. I like that. Now, I mentioned earlier today that Patrick Graham talked to, talked to us at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and first offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi talked to us, but I was really excited about the opportunity to talk to Patrick Graham. And one of the things I asked him was about the consistencies because, again, I don't want to just blank on them and say, oh, the defense stinks because they don't. They've had, they've had stretches where they're really, really good, but then they've had stretches where they can't stop a nosebleed, and that's a problem. How do you develop that consistency? Here's what Patrick Graham had to say. You know, we're in the process of that in terms of, you know, again, first time together. You know, I know it's been five games and we're trying to build that consistency. Again, it's going to start in practice. You know, I, I can't stress that enough. It starts with practice, you know, and we got to become more consistent out there on the field because there have been some good quarters of football. But again, nobody cares about that. You got to string together 60 minutes or 70 minutes if you're thinking about the Arizona game. So, again, what I do is I'm just like, again, Go back to the drawing board in terms of making sure we get practice as close to game reality as possible and just keep improving from there and keep demanding, you know, the standard and just keep working for improvement each day. And that's really the main focus right now moving ahead is just improve each day, you know, you know, make sure that, you know, we're, we're emphasizing our strengths, trying to eliminate our weaknesses and keep working that way. Defensive coordinator Patrick Graham right there responded to me when I asked him about the consistencies of the Raiders' defense. You know that they've got it. What makes me feel encouraged is that you see it. You just see it in spurts. You don't see it consistently throughout the course of a game. Like last night, Monday Night Football, as bad as that was, I saw a Denver defense out there balling. I saw a Denver defense doing everything they could to, to help win that game. Obviously, they lost. You know, I also saw a Chargers defense that at moments, especially with Khalil Mack, had guys out there that were closers. Right? When they needed a big play, they needed to get to the quarterback, they had guys. 
I don't see that consistently with the Raiders. I see Max Crosby doing everything he can, but consistently I don't see the rest of the team stepping up. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Allen in Vegas. What's up, your mind? What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. I don't mean to say this in a peewee football kind of way, but there's going to be a whole lot more communication on that defense. And I'll give you an example. Against the Chiefs on Monday night, Travis Kelsey was seen as seven catches, four touchdowns. He was think because of the second touchdown catch. The, the defense, when they talk to each other, or talk to Patrick Graham and say, hey, listen, we need to cover this guy, or put two guys on him, or or chip him at the line, or do something. I mean, whatever we're doing is obviously not working. And on the other side of that, why is the middle of the field always so wide open for these receivers? Time after time, game after game. We, we, we got to... Uh, we lost him. Allen in Vegas, and I, I think I understood what you're saying. Communication, uh, that was the breakdown when it came to Travis Kelsey. Communication is something they've been stressing since training camp, right? That's something that I heard all the time, the C word. Communication, communication, communication. Got to have better communication. Deron Harmon, he talked to us about communication. It's vital for the defense to succeed. And I'll say, and I think I understood what you're saying about the middle of the defense. Yeah, there's just that area between the safeties and the linebackers that's always wide open. It's been a problem for a long time. That's something that Patrick Graham has to address. That may have a, uh, uh, you know, may, may come from linebackers not being able to cover as well and them dropping, or maybe it's the safeties not coming up. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not the defensive guru. I wish I was, but and that maybe that's something that we'll ask Lincoln about is that middle of the field. I'll write that down right now. Why is that middle of the field area? Always seen up open, be open. Let's get one more call in before we get to Ed Grady. And tomorrow, you said it's a call right here in Vegas. Who's up? Mraz, right here in Vegas. Mraz, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Chief? How you guys doing? Good. Okay. Uh, yeah, just wanted to touch on a couple things. I thought this was a good week to have a bye week for the team. Uh, I hope they took advantage and kind of looked around the league. And are gonna. Uh, one thing that I did notice was Von Miller getting about 30 snaps. I think that needs to be the game plan for Chandler Jones. I don't think he needs to be out there for more than 30 to 40 snaps a game. Uh, we've already seen the, the impact he can have, but I don't think he needs to be out there full time. Okay. Number two, uh, Denver defense, you see how, uh, what they did to the Chargers, so I think it's definitely encouraging that the Raiders put up a lot of points against them because they were pretty shut down last night. Um, another thing is I, I want to see some more rotation on the D-line. Obviously, with uh, with Hobbs being injured, we're going to have some uh, – some you know backup roles playing in the corner position, but I think if we get a little bit more rotation on the D line, that like we did a little bit last year, we'll have a little bit more pressure. Get some fresher guys in there. Like I said, start rotating Chandler, and obviously that's going to help the deep, uh, the secondary because if they get a little more pressure, then that's one less second that they got to hold open coverage. So yeah, just those points, and I uh, hope hope we can uh, make those adjustments and uh, go Raiders. There you go. Good call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, make sure that's not your last call, man. Good stuff right there. I'm going to address one quick text, and then we'll take a break. This one comes from Trey in Kansas City on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and feel free to hit us up at any time. He said, so, we have an offensive guru at head coach, a supposedly great quarterback, the best receiver in football, top three tight end, and one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, not to mention a running back who's playing for a contract, but the defense has to win the game? Doesn't make sense. That's Trey in Kansas City. Trey, thank you for the text. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying that the defense needs to be complimentary. And you know the funny thing about this, and I'm not just being specific to you, Trey. If I came in and talked about the offense and talked about everything you just said, what would be the first text I got? Why are you ignoring the defense? Why are you ignoring the 28th-ranked defense? And why are you ignoring the fact that every time a defense get, or the team gets to the red zone, 
They score a touchdown. Why are you ignoring this? Why are you ignoring that? Today, Patrick Graham talks, so I said, hey, let's have a heavy focus on defense, and the first text we get is about the offense. So, Raider Nation, I'm, gonna, I'm specifically speaking to you. When you hit us up and get angry about whatever we're talking about, that, that text didn't come from me. That text didn't come from DeMond. That text came from Trey, right? That came from Trey talking about the offense. I'm just saying they need to play complimentary football. That's it. That's out. We talked about the offense a lot. Let's spend a little time with the defense. 227 is the time. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Do I think that it's smart to just discount the Raiders? I don't. They're one and four. Could I see them being five and four in a month and being alive? Absolutely, I could. They're, you know, they're lost to the Chiefs. Obviously, they could have won it. They're lost to the Cardinals. They Obviously, they should have won it. They're lost to Tennessee, came down to a two-point conversion. So I just, I'm not going to discount the Raiders yet. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. You heard the sounds of Nick Wright right there, FS1, talking about the Raiders, and he's not discounting them because they're there at one and four. He's not saying that they're out of there. Okay, there you go. So uh, Nick Wright talking about the Raiders and what they – you know, what, what he believes they still have a possibility to do moving forward. But it all is one game at a time. That's all they could do. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a, a text on our text line at 69187, keyword R&R from Glenn in San Jose. He said, what up, Q? What up, Damon? I think Coach Graham needs to call better coverages in the red zone. No reasons why he can't. Join us now on the phone lines from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journals, our good friend Ed Graney. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Hey, buddy. I've been, uh, I've been focusing on defense today because it's easy to get caught up in the offense conversation with all the weapons that the Raiders have. But the defense hasn't really held their end of the bargain, at least consistently they haven't. No. So you heard that text right there. Graham needs to call better coverages in the red zone. How do you think he can clean that up? Because Travis Kelsey just had his way with the Raiders in the red zone. Four touchdowns on four catches. It was so easy. How can they clean up that red zone defense? Well, they got to have better communication. And the one Kelsey one where John Abram uh, had his coverage and totally let him go is a great example where he just ended up being wide open across the middle. Um, so they got to have better communication to begin with. And you're right. Like So much is made of their red zone issues in the offensive end. I think people are, con- are forgetting they're one of the worst uh, statistically teams red zone defense. Uh, in the league. I think we forget that because so much is made as well. Look at all their weapons on offense. Why can't they score more touchdowns? Why do they settle for field goals? But I really think, you know, they've got to have better communication, especially on the back end in the red zone. Um, And, you know, that's going to, with Nate Hobbs out, that's going to be even more challenging now. Um, But I think he should start there, Um, you know, calling different coverages. I, I suppose that could help. But I think it's more a matter of communication and knowing what's on the page. If you watch the film of the one Kelsey touchdown John Abram was supposed to have him, and he, and he just released him. He let him go, and you know that. And then Travis Kelsey, who you don't want wide open at any time, uh, was wide open over the middle. So you know that's just a breakdown in, in what John Abram was supposed to do, and what others are supposed to do as well. So yeah, I think you start there, and, and they've got to get better, man. They got to get better at the red zone offensively, and you're exactly right, Q. They got to get better defensively. So you mentioned Nate Hobbs and him being put on IR yesterday. He's out for at least four weeks. I yeah. think that's a big blow. How do you yep. think the Raiders, how do you think that they try to compensate for the loss of Nate Hobbs? 
Well, tell Chandler Jones to start playing up front. I mean, you know, and people are going to say, you know, it's going to be Rocky Sin, Amika Robinson, um, maybe some Sam Webb now, all that. But you've got to get pressure up front. you got to get more pressure other than Max Crosby to help these guys in the back end. So Chandler Jones played well in the first half against Kansas City, not as much so in the second half. But they didn't pay him a lot of money to come up with what they're saying are stats that we can't see on a stat sheet. They paid him to go get the quarterback and to sack the quarterback. And if he can start, you know, helping Max Crosby on that line and getting more pressure up front, it's going to help what is now a depleted secondary, which even with Nate Hobbs, who's having a nice year, wasn't a great secondary to begin with in terms of, you know, uh, in terms of numbers and, and analytics and stats and everything. So I really think they need to be better up front other than Max, who's their best defensive player. And if that happens, that's really going to help those guys in the back end because without Nate, they're going to need some help. You know, I had someone tweet at me yesterday and say that maybe Chandler Jones needs to kind of take the role of Von Miller in Buffalo where he's on a snap count, right? 30 snaps, that's what they yeah. that's what they use Von Miller for. But Von Miller's fresh, and he's a dog, and he gets after the quarterback. Do you think that that might help Patrick Graham and company defensively if they put Chandler Jones on a pitch count? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can try anything at this point, right? I mean, he just hasn't lived up to expectations. So yeah. maybe that is something. Maybe you tell him you get 30 snaps and we want you to go 150% on those 30 snaps. And, you know, uh, maybe that helps him out and maybe it helps the team out and defensively and he gets pressure along with Crosby. So I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. I mean, given what he's done so far, given, you know, as, as little as he's done so far, maybe that's a great, that's a great point by, you know, the person who texted in, you know, and given his age and where he's at, um, I, it's, it's not a bad thing to try, right? I mean, you know, put him on it and then see if it works. And if he still can't get there, then maybe reassess. But, you know, to say that anything right now wouldn't help, hurt or help, I think, I think that's true. I think you'd look for anything to get this guy going because they really, really need him. Like I said, Crosby's been terrific. He's, you know, defensive player of the year candidate, um, just an outstanding player. But he can't do it by himself. And, you know, now with Nate out, I think Nate has the other sack on the team on that, you know, on that, on that corner blitz that they had. Yeah. Um, they, they've got to get Chandler Jones or someone else going because they can't go 17 games with just Max Crosby bringing the heat. No, they can't. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here from uh, from from ESPN Las Vegas, excuse me, and also the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. demond has got one for you. When it comes to the secondary, I know that you said that Chandler Jones also needs to step up, but replacing Nate Hobbs, how pertinent is it for the Raiders to get Anthony Averett off of IR? Do you think that they can afford yeah. to have him miss another week? Um, afford, I'm not so sure, but they need as many bodies as they can, right, Demond? I mean, they need, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Amik Robertson, Rocky Sin, like I said, Sam Webb, Anthony Averett, they all have to pitch in and they all have to do their jobs and, and probably at a higher level. So you make a good point about getting him back, getting him off the IR and getting him, you know, settled back in because if not you know that's just you're down one more guy so i think that's a good point by you you need as many bodies as you can and then and then they have to perform um you know uh between everett and and sam webb there's been very few snaps taken so one or both those guys are gonna have to do something uh when they play their three corners um and then the other two have to play above their level you know meek robertson's had some made some plays so far this year i think you know, he, he, you know, he's one of those Nate Hobbs guys who also likes to, you know, to be physical when he can be. Um, Rocky Sin's got to play better. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, it's going to take everybody to make up for the loss of, you know, who was, you know, their second best defensive player behind Max Crosby. And I don't like to just put it all on the pass rush because Max Crosby is one of the best parts of this team. But when it comes to the coverage, do you think that this Raiders team needs to be more aggressive and go for some more boom or bust plays, like going for those interceptions instead of just letting the letting the opposition catch the ball and making sure you make the tackle, maybe just going to try yeah. to make that play more? 
Yeah, if you prove you can do it. I mean, I, I don't mind taking chances, but, you know, risk-reward on that situation, you know, and, and right now, you know, as poorly as they played at times in the back end, maybe you're right, maybe you take some more chances, but there's a big risk-reward there, and you don't have the players to make the plays, and you take too many risks, you, you get really hurt. So, you know, the, the, the schedule softening, um, I think that's going to help them a lot coming out of it. Um, I still think there's, there's a season to play here. I think there's something to play here for. I know they're 1-4. But, you know, and, and Q said it uh, in the intro there, he's right. When you're one and four, it has to be one game at a time. You can't say, well, the schedule's off over the next six games. If you get caught up in that, you're just probably going to be out of it because you're just thinking about things you shouldn't. So you concentrate on Houston. You try to get that win, and you move on. I know it's a cliche, but when you're one and four, cliches matter. So they, they've just got to focus on this week, and they do, it is an easier schedule than, you know, for the next six games before it gets harder again, at least by record-wise. And I still think they can – I think when the, the schedule toughens, I, I still am going to be surprised that they're not kind of borderline in it um, with, you know, maybe five or six wins. Talking with Ed Graney here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you about what, you, what do you think their mentality will be when they're coming out of the bye week? I mean, they've had a week to rest, hopefully heal up as much as possible. How do you think right. the team will react coming out of the bye? I think they'll be good. You know, you can't tell players that things aren't going to turn right away, right? I mean, they're players and they're NFL players, and they always think it's going to turn on a dime and, you know, uh, losses are going to turn into wins. I mean, especially after buys, you know, they kind of, few they do exactly what you just said. Well, we're healthier. Well, we're rested. We're going to reset. We're going to watch everything we've done. We're going to correct the mistakes. I mean, that's kind of what every team says coming out of a buy. So I think they'll come out with a good attitude. Um, they get a home game, which I think is important. Um, they get a beatable opponent, which I think is important to right. give them some confidence if they can get the win. I think that's really important. And then you go from there. So I think, I think they'll come out with a good and fresh attitude. And look, if you can't come out of buys with good and fresh attitudes, uh, you know, there's something wrong no matter what your record is because you can talk yourself into, hey, you know, that already happened. We're done with that. Now we move forward and, you know, we've got beatable opponents coming up. So I think their mindset will be really good and strong. Now, whether that translates to the field, who knows? I mean, they're going to have to prove it on the field. But in terms of mindset, I think it'll be really good. You know, uh, Ed, we got J.P. Finley coming up at uh, 1.30 from uh, D.C., 106.7 The Fan in D.C., talking about the commanders. And, uh, you know, I talked Panthers yesterday to see if there's any players that may be available for that November 1st trade deadline. Do you think it would be uh, worth it for the Raiders to kind of look around, scour the league, and see if there's a player, especially on the defensive side, that could really help them out? I mean, I think it's always worth it. Now, what are you going to have to spend? Right. Um, that, that's what it comes down to. You know, what are people going to want? You know, are they going to want you to overspend at the, at the deadline probably? Because, you know, usually if you're looking at the deadline, uh, the leverage is usually on the other end because you're the one looking and you're the one who wants to upgrade your team. But I think Dave Ziegler is the kind of guy who would always be looking, who'd always know who's out there. Um, and, you know, if there's someone out there and he, you know, feels the price isn't too high, I wouldn't be shocked if they did something. Um, you know, I mean, I... I'd always look, um, but, you know, you, you hear these crazy numbers. For, I mean, the Raiders would not be involved here, but let's just throw a guy out there like McCaffrey in the right. league and, and these crazy things about first-round picks and all these, you know, multiple picks that, you know, no one should want to pay that for him. But these are the things that happen when you put names out there. You know, teams are going to want you to overspend. Uh, right. Obviously, the Raiders wouldn't be involved. But, you know, like you said, a defensive player, if you can get him at a good price, um, I don't know why you wouldn't consider it. One more guy I wanted to ask you about. He's a free agent. He's not a guy that they got to trade for. And Dominican Sue, he's been talked about multiple yeah. times with the Raiders. And I like the guys that they have. I think they're doing a good job stopping the run, but they're not getting pressure on the quarterback. Do you think yeah. that a guy like Sue would be worth uh, taking a look at at this stage? I mean, I think he's worth taking a look at. There's, you know, Q, and you know this. I mean, I don't know what it is, 
but there's got to be something there. You know, he, he, there's just right. got to be something there why more people haven't, you know, uh, jumped on that and, 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 and jumped on that end and, and tried to do something there. So without knowing what it might be or what their feelings are in him, just on paper alone, you're exactly right. Why wouldn't you look at him? Um, but I'm not internally enough to where I'd know what they really think of him as a player at this point in his career. Um, what else, what else might be there in terms of their feelings on him? Um, but I, you know, you and I, we, we've talked about it, you know, Sue back in training camp, right? I mean, this has been a conversation for a really long time and, you know, nothing's ever been done it on, on their end that we know of. So, you know, I mean, he's there. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't take a look at him, but saying that there's gotta be something there that, you know, they, they don't think they need him or there's something else there where they don't think, you know, he'd be a fit. Right, and the thing about it is, as you mentioned, Ed, and, and that was perfect, nobody else has thought he was a fit either, right? Because nobody no, else has signed yeah, him. Exactly. So. No. <laughs> He's seven yeah, weeks exactly. into the you know, season. I mean, what did he start? I think he, did he play in every game last year? Just about. I, mean, I, he, think, I think he did, he, as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like he was banged up, like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, damaged goods or whatever. Not, right. not that I know of, um, if he played that much last year. So, you know, you, we thought all the way back in training camp, okay, this is a guy they're going to look at. This is a guy that they're going to want. And it just never transpired. And like you just said, and we repeated that, you know, no one has. So why, I don't know. But, you know, if there's any, if there's any you know, desire of them to look at him, I, I certainly wouldn't, you know, think it's a bad thing. Right, I agree, one hundred percent. Well, Ed, fantastic stuff as always, my man. Uh, are you headed out to Notre Dame? What, what's the plan? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, leave on Friday for uh, Notre Dame and the Rebels. Uh, Going to try to go there. Um, I think you know, uh, for them, you want Doug Brownfield to be able to play, although he's still in the protocol with concussion. The quarterback um, be good if he could get healthy. They're they're pretty banged up. They're twenty four point dogs, but you know what? Incredible experience for those kids that go to Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame's down a little this year, but it's still Notre Dame. Right. And as Marcus Arroyo said yesterday, this is the kind of things you remember. You remember these kind of games, you know, way past your career to be able to go there and play. So very cool spot for the Rebels. And, you know, like I said, Marshall went in there this year. Stanford went in there. Cal, who, you know, knew it'll be competed with well. Cal went in only lost by seven to Notre Dame. So, you don't know, man, it's like the AD told me yesterday, you know, you roll the dice and you see what you can do and, you know, you just let it, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But, yeah, I think it's a great experience for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny you talk about great experiences with the kids, and I'm totally taking this in, a, in another direction. But uh, my son plays for Western Oregon, right, plays basketball right. there. Uh, they're at school. Western Oregon just tweeted out a couple hours ago, two weeks from today, that Western Oregon is going to be playing Pac tw- on the Pac-12 network against 17th-ranked Arizona. <laughs> See? Are you how's, serious? How's I mean, that's, a, that's a proud moment as a dad for you, and it's a great experience for your son. Man. Um, it's, those, you can't beat those experiences, whether it's your son or right. these kids now going to South Bend. And, you know, if you grew up watching NBC and you just watch these games and, you know, all the players they had, I think it's really cool. I think you go there, you know. And, look, your UNLV, it's not a bad payday. You get $1.35 million to go. And, you know, UNLV and Mountain West schools can't rub their noses at that. When someone's going to pay you over a million dollars, you go and you strap it up and, you know, you see what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you find me in Arizona two weeks from today, you'll know why. <laughs> I will, exactly. You better be there. Absolutely. I'd, uh, yeah, I'd be a bad dad if I wasn't. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. Ed, thank you so much for your time, thank man. You, Great stuff as always. I appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. All right, there he goes. Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas, also from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, does a great job writing for them, covering everything here in town. Obviously, the Golden Knights, UNLV, the Raiders, like a glove, everything and everything. 
uh, Ed does a fantastic job with. 2.46 is the time. We'll come back, hear a couple more sound bites from Patrick Graham. He met with us earlier at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3 o'clock, John McClain, gallerysports.com, also Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Start to talk about the Texans, talk about the NFL in general, talk about what's going on at the owners' meetings with Jim Irsay, throwing shade at Daniel Snyder. We're ready to get him up out of there. I do want you to hear from Patrick Graham, a couple sound bites from him as we met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, but I did want to address a couple texts real quick before we get to that at 69187, keyword R&R. Got a text from the 408, wait, is Q on the Sioux train now? Because he wasn't just last week. And thank you for that text. And actually, I was asking Ed about Indomitian Sioux because we got a text from Zeke in Bakersfield. And uh, this is earlier before we got Ed on the show. So I basically was asking Ed Zeke's question. Q, maybe the Raiders should give a call to Sioux, especially with Hobbs out. They need a pass rush elevated. And I watch Halloween ends. Still don't know what D was talking about with his housewives. So a little two-parter right there from Zeke in Bakersfield. But no, my response was, and look, at this point, I'm not on a Sioux train. I'm not on an anybody train. I'm just looking for an answer train. I'm on the answer train, right, trying to figure out how to, how to make this defense better and what, what's it's going to take. And so if it's a guy like Sue, so be it. Because, again, the guys in the middle, I, I'll be the first to admit, aren't, aren't getting pressure on the quarterback. Stopping the run, sure, but not, not, not able to get the pressure on the quarterback, and that's what's needed. So maybe they do need a, a, a guy like that. So, no, I'm not, I'm not on that train, but that, that was just in response to your, your question. That's why I asked it to Ed because it was put out there by Zeke. What do you got for me, Demond, as far as Halloween? Oh, no. I mean, Zeke in Bakersfield, at Demond underscore the boss on all the social <laughs> media platforms. We, we can talk about this a little later. We will. We absolutely will talk about it a little bit later. But thank you so much for that text. And, again, we threw out the question, and you can hit us up at any time at 69187, keyword R&R. With Hobbs out, Chandler Jones hasn't really stepped up. Lack of pressure up the gut. What does this Raiders team need to do to be able to improve defensively? We've been having a heavy emphasis on defense on today's show. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. And one of the reasons for that is because defensive coordinator Patrick Graham talked to the media today. And so one of the first questions that uh, we started off with Ed about was the red zone struggles defensively. And Vinny asked the question. I actually got a tweet uh, from somebody that said, hey, can you please ask Patrick Graham about the struggles in the red zone defensively? So I said, no problem, I'll do that. But Vinny asked before I had an opportunity to do that. So here's Patrick Graham talking about defensive struggles in the red zone. You know, again, I'll say it starts with me, you know, in terms of I got to coach it better, in terms of, you know, getting the guys prepared better there. Uh, I'm sure there's a few calls I wish I had back and everything like that. But, again, the beauty of this league and why I love the challenge of it is that nothing you did last year or even last week really matters. So the biggest thing is the challenge for this week. You know, I think Houston's ranked uh, 10th in the red area because they got a running back that can run the ball in. I mean, that's one thing. Core makes uh, makes smart decisions down there, so you know we're getting back to the drawing board. Probably start a little early on red area and try to get it fixed. Um, you know, I know during the bye week, you know, Josh talked about us going back through things. Um, you know, just uh, you know, self scout like all teams do, and you know that was part of it, and just try to get it better and try to improve. But again, fortunately, unfortunately, I love the challenge of this league, and but unfortunately, it doesn't matter what we did in the past. Patrick Graham on the defensive struggles in the red zone, and he put it on him, right? And even Hondo said, hey, yeah, but if they miss tackles, you put them in the right position. If they don't get it done, that's not on you. That's on the players. And he said, hey, it's always going to be on me. I don't care what anyone says. It's going to be on me. You heard him right there say, I got to get a few of these calls back. Like, I wish I could have a few of these calls back. So I realized that Patrick Graham, and I could appreciate 
that he realized what he saw when he looked on film with, I'm sure, the Chiefs game and Travis Kelsey having four touchdowns in the red zone, that he messed up some of the calls, and he put that 100% on him. Now, I mentioned it before on the show, nobody wants to hear my bad. Nobody wants to hear my bad. You know, coaches don't want to hear my bad. Players don't want to hear my bad. Fans sure as hell don't want to hear a coach saying, oh, that was my bad, right? Just get it done. That's what it's all about. Uh, I always go back to when I told my coach, uh, hey, my bad, and he looked at me like, hey, man, I don't care about no damn my bad. Just do it right. <laughs> and I realized then that my bad only flies on the, on the, uh, on the concrete outside and the asphalt when you're playing pickup basketball. That's when my bad – that's when you, you accidentally fouled them on a little harder than you thought. You're like, oh, my bad, dog. <laughs> that, that's, that's when my bad works. But you heard Patrick Graham talk about uh, the running back that the Texans have. And, of course, we'll talk to John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock about the Texans and what they're bringing to the table when they come to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Damian Pierce, he's a hot young rookie, man. He is a hell of a player. So here's Patrick Graham talking about what he sees in Damian Pierce. You know, you had Sam. What don't I like? I mean, I, I don't like that we have to play him. But, okay. <laughs> but, yes, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but, yeah, but. In terms of I'm a defensive coach, so I'm about to gush on this guy right now. <laughs> gush. When you play a guy like Damian Pierce, that's a better oh, I, I really – no, you're good. You're good. I, I'm just telling you, I appreciate good football players and good football. This dude is – I mean, he's dynamic. He runs violently. I mean, violent. He's a hard tackle. I mean, again, it's like it's almost like he says, leave one guy in the hole, I'll take care of him. Y'all block the other guys. You know, it's just he's really impressive. It's really impressive, especially for a guy that's so young. I mean, he's he's running the ball with, you know, intentions. And I, I, I and again, as a defensive coach, you appreciate that part of it. And you appreciate the challenge. No different than when we talked about Henry. So I'm looking forward to the challenge. I'm looking forward to the challenge. I mean, our guys, we know we talked about them already to the guys, but he's a dynamic player. I mean, again, their O line is doing a good job of blocking for him. You know, the quarterback's putting them in the right plays. You see that there. Mills is doing a really good job of controlling the line of scrimmage and um, getting the right play out. Is and you know that's from the guidance. I think in my mind, it's a reflection of their head coach, Lovey Smith. I mean, again, from the teams he's coached. Pep Hamilton, I had the pleasure of meeting him a few times. I mean, smart, tough guys, and that's and you can see that on the tape from their team. Patrick Graham right there talking about Damian Pierce, the bright young rookie man there in Houston, really good running back, and he's really the heart and soul of that team, heart and soul of that offense for sure. He's the guy that makes everything go. A violent runner, you know, just is one of those guys that says, hey, you know, like you heard Patrick Graham say, uh, block everyone else, leave one guy in the hole, I'll take care of him. It's, it's so funny when I hear him describe that, I almost, I almost picture Josh Jacobs. I feel like that that's who Josh Jacobs is as well, as the guy that just runs violently and is not worried about that one guy in the hole because he'll either make him miss or he'll run him over as you saw on Monday night against Kansas City. Coming up next, we'll deep dive into the Houston Texans. John McClain from gallerysports.com, also Sports Radio 610. They're in H-Town. He'll join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.